0: Listening to Women Transcend. I'm Jennifer Todd, and this is a podcast that explores issues that affect women and girls worldwide. Welcome, friends. We are glad that you have joined us. If you are a friend of the pod, thank you so much for coming back to listen. If you're new to the pod, welcome, and we're so glad that you have found us. I'd like to take a quick moment to shout out to some particular listeners. We would like to say thank you for our listeners in Japan who continue to follow in large numbers. And we thank you so much for that. Arigato Japan. And we see, for some reason, more and more listens from this great state of Virginia. And thank you for our listeners from Virginia and for our listeners in 40 states and 32 nations around the world. Thank you for taking time from busy schedules to listen to our program. So I'm going to ask, have you ever heard this? Hey, good looking. Can I buy you a drink? Did you come here alone? Or the worst pickup line ever? Oh, baby, I stepped in a puddle of you and I got love all over my suit. All of these are seemingly innocent statements, right? Sort of taken out of context. But if you're a woman, I'm guessing that you have heard these statements and... It doesn't feel so innocent when it happens to you. This, I'm talking about catcalling, harassment, whatever name you put to it, it is a violation. So I'm going to ask my co-host, John Philbeck, to join the discussion. John, how are you today?
1: I'm doing A+. Thank you.
0: All right. And for an educator that... That's you know, as good as
1: you can get and right for there. for an
0: educator that I'm guessing doesn't give out a lot of A pluses.
1: <laughs> in, in fact, I'm extra credit today.
0: <laughs> so have you ever been the subject of a cat call? I, you yourself as a man.
1: I do not believe I have, no.
0: So you know that when you walk down a busy city street, you don't have to worry about a woman giving you... Ooh, hey, mm. love the way you're walking.
1: Definitely not. It's, it makes me laugh because it's, it's just so far-fetched that that would happen.
0: Uh-huh. And the fact is, it is far-fetched, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't see women talking to men like that. But it seems like it has become so normalized, and maybe this isn't new. I mean, certainly it's not new. But it has become so normalized that it is a part of our culture. This is something that women can expect. If you're walking on the sidewalk and you see a group of men, especially a group of younger men, although not exclusively, and you know that you have to walk past them, you know what to expect. Yeah. And you try to put your head down and, And you try to laugh it off or just, you know, try avoid eye contact, but it happens. Sure. And I think that every woman knows that feeling. So have you ever been in a group of men or or young men who have participated in this kind of activity toward women?
1: You know, I don't think I have even been in a group of men that have done that. I, I will say that when I was about probably 18 or 19, I worked for a summer as a carpenter's helper, <clears throat> and um, I didn't do it then. And I think they wondered about me for not doing that. And it was it was so much a part of the construction worker culture that um, if someone didn't do it, then it, it really stood out.
0: Yeah, so that's how normalized it is. Exactly. If you do not do it. Yeah. You know, if a an attractive younger woman walks by and you don't do it, then they may make the assumption that you know that dude's not attracted to women.
1: Yeah. And really it's it's more to for the benefit of your buddies, I think. Yeah. It's showing them something about you.
0: And and it's kind of is it like building rapport? Like, I'm part of the group because I do this too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Maybe,
0: yeah. you know, it's sort of like if everybody sparks up, you say, all right, I'll take one of those cigarettes. Yeah. Like, peer pressure. Yeah,
1: yeah. And who's going to have the best line and...
0: Yeah. And maybe who does the girl stop and talk to? If there's a group of five and you maybe there's some horse racing to try to be the yeah. one that the girl engages with or the woman. Yeah. And none of this makes it in any way excusable or right. No, absolutely not. But, you know, the the take home is that it is so normalized that young women, especially young women just expect it. Yeah. Even to the point where you might have to plan your route to Ugh. work if you walk by a construction site every day or if you know you walk by the same person on a routine basis and routinely that person says something yeah. obnoxious and it's it's really assault. Yeah. I mean it's verbal, but it's it's assault. It's unwanted attention yeah. that strays into a sexual nature. Yes, which then you know it can easily sort of broach the boundary of a sexual yeah. assault, the yep. feeling of a sexual assault. Yep. A lot of times to try and stop this behavior, people say, you know, come on, that could be your mom or that could be your daughter. Come on, that's somebody's sister. Yeah. But there are, are two counter arguments to using that approach. And one is... If you say, you know, hey, don't do that because that person is somebody's sister or that person is somebody's daughter. Come on, man. That inherently then gives that woman who is being catcalled the value in stopping that behavior is because of her inherent value to another man.
1: Yes. Yep. So. Not because it hurts her, but because it could be hurting the man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it it does hurt men.
1: Yeah yeah sure yeah i mean i i certainly have thought that myself you know how terrible um you know i i wouldn't want my my daughter to be catcalled i wouldn't want my wife to be catcalled it certainly hurts them and it and because it hurts them it hurts me but i wouldn't say that because i want to suggest that you only have value because of how how it impacts me you know i wouldn't yeah. want to use that as, as a as a tool to get someone to to not do that.
0: Yeah. But, you know, that that is a lot of times what I think innocently maybe people try to stop this kind of behavior by framing it. And, hey, come on, stop that. That's, you know, that's somebody's daughter that you're talking to like that. Yeah.
1: What do you think about, like, if someone says, you know, a man saying this, that that language is, is offensive to me because I have... A wife. I have a mother. I have a daughter, and it pains me to think of them being treated that way. It, rather than saying you shouldn't do it because, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's that's an interesting thought. I mean,
1: it's kind of a it's a fine line, I think.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's sort of a variation on, but you know, a feminist could also then say it hurts you because of their value to you, not because inherently it is hurting them. Hmm. I don't know. This is a little bit. We're getting a little bit in a. a what is it, Gordian yeah. knot? <laughs> yes. Um. It, it can be both. You know, it can be <laughs> yes. both. Yeah, but then the other thing about using that as a an argument mm-hmm. to not to behave like that mm-hmm. is why aren't we saying this behavior is unacceptable because it's coming from our sons? It's coming from our grandsons, it's coming from our brothers, it's coming from our husbands, we have to put the onus on the men to self-patrol and control their own behavior rather than put the onus on women stopping it from happening or women leveraging our value vis-a-vis men to get it to stop, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, this is a little Gordian knot ish, but <laughs> it's
1: a. I mean, I think that just illustrates how complex of a an issue it is. You know, people saying these things clearly haven't thought through the four or five different possible connotations, all of which are are bad. You know.
0: Yeah, but it and, and they should. Ultimately- ultimately- Yeah, and it ultimately comes back to something that's very simple, is that it is normalized behavior that is assault. It is normalized assault. Yeah. And at the heart of it is something that is just wrong. Yeah. And we shouldn't have to explain to grown men that you should be respectful to women. Yeah, yeah. Making lewd comments and gestures and um, making a woman feel unsafe, yeah. it's just wrong. Yeah. It's just wrong.
1: Even you know, when I was growing up, the deal breaker for me was that I had a lot of friends who were women and they didn't like it. And I felt like if it's unwanted, then full stop, you know, I mean, uh-huh. m- much less what the content was, you know, I mean, just if they don't want it, then why do it?
0: yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, and
1: then adding the the assault aspect to it is just that makes it even worse.
0: Well, and, and that begs the question: <laughs> they don't want it, so why do they do it? I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. it's you know for the reasons that we've outlined. It's kind of like this is what you do if you're you know a virile young man yeah. hanging out with your buddies and you're trying to. It's, um, it's almost
1: like there's a, a a teasing aspect to it. I mean it goes so far beyond that, but I
0: Well, and that's that's the thing. Like like as a woman, if you were to call a man out like honestly, if you were going to yeah. say fuck off. Yeah. Then they, they would come back with, "Look, uh, come on, I'm, I'm just
1: teasing." Yeah. yeah.
0: Or like, "Yeah, it's a compliment. I was saying you're pretty. Jeez, lighten up."
1: Yeah. I think in some cases it, it is just a dominance thing, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh huh. Um, because it doesn't just happen when men are in groups. Yeah. It also yeah. happens when men are by themselves. Yes. So it's not just about showing off for the alpha male, it's also about dominating yes, women. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. And it's got this little veneer of. Plausible deniability almost that it's exactly if you get upset by this, then you're the sensitive one, exactly. It's not my problem,
0: yeah. And you should take this as a compliment. I think you're attractive, that's why I just, you know, offered $300 to come up to my room. And you know, I I think that probably some of them genuinely think I just said she had nice tits, that's a a compliment. Who wouldn't like that, yeah, exactly. So I saw a video on YouTube that caught my eye. It's called Smile, and it was produced by an amazing artist and actress, Rebecca Blaine Carton, and it is kind of a tongue-in-cheek response to catcalling, and it's called Smile, And I was fortunate enough to be able to interview Rebecca Blaine Carton. And we have an amazing discussion about how, as women, we have all been there. And she uses different comedic responses that also we all maybe kind of think of in our head when we hear these obnoxious things. So... All that to say, stick around because I have a really amazing interview with the phenomenally talented Rebecca Blaine Carton coming up next. Welcome to Women Transcend, Rebecca. I'm so happy to be here. So we connected over... Your independent short called Smile, I happened across it on the internet and found it not just hilarious, but um, also really so magnificently on point about, yes, it handled the issue of street harassment or just harassment of women in a playful way, but the message very much came across about how it feels as a woman to hear this comment. Mm -hmm. And in the video, it was a gentleman, you know, just hanging out on a sidewalk. And as you pass by, he says, Hey, smile, beautiful or something. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, women are supposed to please men so if you're not smiling (laughs) come on smile you look prettier that way so he makes this what i'm sure he thinks is innocent comment smile Mm -hmm. and then the video goes into the different ways you consider handling it Mm -hmm. and i think there's four different ways that you think about responding yep and they are all just hilarious. So um, <laughs> it is. um I was just watching it like, oh, yeah, I'd so want to do that one. And then the next <laughs> one, like, yeah, that one would be good, too. <laughs> yep. Yep. So do you want to tell us like, what was your thought in making Smile? Of course.
2: Yeah. So I, I, I tend to like to take issues and stretch them out for comedic effects and kind of throw them over on their heads. And for Smile, I wanted to playfully take all the different possible responses that a woman could have to being harassed on the street and pair it with a genre, a special type of genre of film. So the first one is like romantic comedy, and it's kind of like playfully suggesting this ironic, like, how do you expect me to respond to being harassed? Oh, you want me to respond like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. And that's kind of the first... Um, response and then the second one is like this black and white genre where it's like you know we all have a lesson to learn and you know why are you doing this and then he very genuinely explains why he did it uh-huh. and then the third one is this action genre where it's like I beat him up basically yeah <laughs> um and then the fourth one is up to everyone's interpretation of what I actually say uh-huh. um So I wanted to play with genre and also play with the different types of uh, reactions because uh, uh, I think a lot of women are always wondering what the male actually expects them to say or not say or do or not do after being harassed. And so I, I kind of playfully show different ways of responding.
0: Yeah, and at the end, you make eye contact with another woman who hears the same cat call. Exactly. And I find that so powerful because that is something that women, that look is something that we exchange all the time, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, without words, we've all been there and we're just like, yeah, sister, I know what you're, you know,
2: <laughs> right? We're oh, yeah. In- and actually, it's funny. I actually had this identical experience yesterday on the subway in New York. I was sitting, minding my own business, and this man sitting right next to me, we were very close to each other, he said, he turned to me and he said, hi. And I already, of course, knew what, where this was going, and, but I'm always too nice. And I was like, hello. And he was like, uh, are you married? And uh. I was like, yes, I am <laughs> married. And he was like, well, would you still go out with me? And I was like, no, I will not. And I looked over and this woman sitting across from me was watching this whole thing happen. And she kind of looked at me with this, like, I know how you're feeling look, but she didn't know if she should say anything. And it was this funny moment where I was having this moment with the woman and with the man and trying to get away from the man and connect with the woman. It was interesting and annoying. Yeah.
0: it's That's just amazing. Yeah. And anybody who rides mass transit, you've had almost every day you have these moments where somebody stands just a little bit too close or rubs just a little bit unnecessarily and how do you respond if you respond at all then you're a bitch like calm Mm -hmm. down I'm just standing here or asking you if you're married what what I mean what are men thinking like what I know what was the outcome
2: that that person expected well he was actually creepy because he followed me off the train actually um, and I had to actually be pretty forceful with him but um it's always different levels of harassment. And I think one of the interesting things about smile is that, yeah, the, the harasser says smile beautiful, which, which seems kind of, you know, simple and not too upsetting of something to hear. But when you are walking down the street and you hear like the 10th guy say that to you, yeah, you kind of want to explode. Yes. So I, there's been so many different times for me. And I know for every woman in the world and It depends on the mood that I'm in and it depends on what they've said and it depends if there's people on the streets and if I feel safe enough to say something. It's hard because I have said things and sometimes the reaction has been like, okay, they back off. And then a few times they've been really aggressive with me. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have to be careful, yeah. But um, it's
0: also really important to listen to that inner voice. And if Mm -hmm. if that voice is telling you it's not safe, then you have to listen to that and you know if that person like you got off the train and the person was following you you know forget about hurting his feelings or trying to be nice f that you gotta you gotta listen to your your inner voice and take care of you and so that was smile which i have watched many times and would recommend to anyone now where where can they find smile
2: Smile is on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel under my name, Rebecca Blaine Carton, and Smile is one of the projects that are listed on my YouTube page. It was also shared on Upworthy, which was super cool. Oh, yeah. I love Upworthy. Uh Yeah. It's definitely been resonating with a lot of people, and and so that's been really cool to see.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Now, you have a series coming up called Irritable Becca Syndrome. I do. <laughs> Which, again, I love that. It's just hilarious.
2: <laughs> Thank you. The tagline is, the only relief is comic. <laughs> um, and yeah, Irritable Becca Syndrome is a sketch series. It's a dark comedy sketch series that I've been creating. And it basically highlights all of the strange, um, funny, sometimes uncomfortable experiences or observations that we all have, but we try and hide from one another. And it highlights it in a comedic way, because I have always been really interested in persona versus um, the uncensored self. Mm -hmm. And so Irritable Becca Syndrome is is all about the uncensored self.
0: (laughs) I love that, because I I personally have trouble censoring. My husband thinks I have no frontal lobe, like I have no (laughs) executive function, because if I think it, it comes right out.
2: I know I have that same problem. <laughs> so you
0: um have a short in your series on the way that women interact with each other.
2: Yes, one of the sketches will be about yeah, the way it kind of um it mentions the Women's March and the Pink Pussy Hat movement and obviously I was very excited about the Women's March. I went to it and I'm excited about the movement. And I think a lot of women are speaking up and supporting one another, which is wonderful. But I think it's also smart and thoughtful to explore the women's relationships with one another and how sometimes we want to support one another and fight for women's rights, but it kind of gets lost somewhere and we sometimes end up alienating one another.
0: Yeah, So how do you handle this in your sketch series?
2: Um, This particular sketch shows a a woman who is vocally very pro-woman, but then you see in her everyday life, she's actually doing some pretty uh, disrespectful things to her fellow women. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it shows the gap. Uh-huh. between what we all want to be and want to do and how we actually are living our daily lives. Yeah,
0: and this is kind of like one of the great taboos is how women can sometimes not be our own best advocates for yeah. each other. And you know, the Women's March was a great example of women coming together seemingly sort of facing the same direction and hopefully we can continue that momentum. But yeah, sometimes women are the worst critics of other women. Yes. And we also don't necessarily do a really good job of lifting up other women. We just, we can be excessively critical of other women
2: yeah, I think we expect a lot from other women. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, our our expectations of women are really high, and our expectations of men are sometimes lower. That is a great point. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, really, but I think yeah, I think that's how it comes off from day to day. Yeah. One one of the things that I do because I'm going to continue writing the the Becca Syndrome series and and the sketches that I'm going to be releasing in October are just six of them and I'm going to be writing more so and I definitely want to explore more themes about it because I think it's so convoluted I think that we want to be supportive of each other and and we truly do but for some reason there's whether there's jealousy or um competition or I don't know fear of seeming inferior if we stick up for someone else there, there's so many different reasons. And, and a lot of times I think they're even unknown to ourselves. We're just acting and, and we're not kind of looking deeply and being like, you know, that probably wasn't the best thing to say or do. Uh huh. So I, I really want to try and capture some of that because I do think that it's not just you're either supportive of women or you're not. I think we're all supportive of women and we're also not like there's times when we are and there's times when we're not. Yeah. Yeah. No. And,
0: I wonder how much of it is sort of baked into living in a patriarchy. And this is the reaction, sort of the backlash is we take out frustrations on other women rather than on men. I, I don't know. I,
2: yeah, I think that could be part of the reason. I know it's, it's one of those questions. That I don't think there is one reason. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of the time we've kind of repeated things that we've seen. Yeah. From either our parents or, or people around us. And we kind of repeat it without questioning it.
0: Yeah. So um, back to your independent short, Smile. Mm-hmm. That was not done in partnership with holoback.org, but they have promoted
2: Smile? Yeah. So basically um, for those who, who have never heard of Hollaback, um, it was founded by Emily May. And it's basically this amazing resource where women can share their stories about street harassment. And there's even an app involved that you can download. And you can actually type in where you got harassed, what the person looked like, what happened. And it's just a way to kind of vent and to feel supported by other women who know what you're going through. So I thought that that was a really cool company and and that it would partner really well with this individual project so I reached out to Emily because I have a mutual friend with her and I asked her if she would be interested in just kind of promoting each other so I I promoted um back through smile and she kind of shared with the people on her site um, my my video
0: yeah that's great the site is amazing I've been on there I haven't posted anything though Again, like we said, we all have the stories. But it reminded me of the time during the the presidential election when the Access Hollywood tape came out. Oh, and, God. you know, that, yeah, <laughs> the grab her
2: statement. You, you want to say it? Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I,
0: yeah. Um, when the unfortunate grab her by the was made somebody posted on twitter this is something that all women understand Mm -hmm. Uh, not all women have been subject to this but we all but lots of us have Mm -hmm. and we all understand how it feels to be subject to that and i don't know who it was it was just an individual who said if you've been subject to this kind of behavior post your story and i think there were millions of responses yep. women just coming together on twitter um mm-hmm. and in 140 characters sharing and it was really extremely powerful you know it was, you know yep. uh on a bus man put his hand down my shorts mm-hmm. um the like just this powerful reaction that came out of such an ugly dark
2: place. I know. Yeah, it's 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 kind of strange because I really wish that hadn't happened and it's very depressing that he is now our president, but um but yeah, when something bad like that happens, it is really uplifting and it, um when people can join together and kind of deal with it in a really productive way.
0: Yeah. So, tell us about projects that you have coming up because I know that you have a couple that are really excited. I'm really excited about
2: yeah. So, um, yeah, I will be releasing irritable Becca syndrome in October. Um, there was also a sketch series that I did with my, with one of my creative partners, Kira McCarthy called living through the lens. And that's an 11 episode sketch series. That's about social media and technology and how we all relate, or we don't relate to one another now that it's kind of taken over. Uh-huh. So, um, that, Living Through the Lens series will be screening um, in October at ITV Fest in Vermont, which we're excited about. They screened us last year, and then they invited us to come back and rescreen. Great. So I'm really excited about that. And Vermont in October. Yeah, that'll be nice. I know. It's stunning. And it's a really cool festival where a bunch of indie creators come and hang out in a beautiful background, and we just share our work with one another. And it's it's an uplifting experience. Yeah, I bet. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Great. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, if people are interested in following you or your work, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: The best way is to follow, well, my name is Rebecca Blaine Carton again, and I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and my new series, Irritable Becca Syndrome. Uh, you just type that into Facebook and you'll see the page. I would love a like. And... Um, I'm also on Instagram under Irritable Becca Syndrome. And then Twitter is Irritable Becca S because I couldn't fit syndrome. Yeah. It. <laughs> okay. I also, for those who are interested and, and seeing more, I have a Patreon account. Have you heard of Patreon? Yes. So if you like my work and you feel like supporting me and helping me make more work, I have a Patreon page under Rebecca Blaine Carton. And you can donate a dollar a month, $5, 100, a 1,000, a (laughs) million. Yeah, yeah. To help me make more content. It's really, really cool. And um, even a dollar helps. Sure. So um, I think it's patreon.com.
0: Yes. And then you just uh, search for your name. Correct. Great. Yeah. It's kind of like crowdfunding. It's kind of like Indiegogo or Kickstarter, but um, you pledge like a, a certain amount per month. Yep, And it allows people like Rebecca who do magnificent artistic work, but it's difficult to make ends meet in New York in, oh, yeah. this, in this field. <laughs> so, yeah. So, ha- yeah, happy to promote your Patreon. Thank you so much. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this discussion. Um, lots to think about. Um, I would encourage everyone to check out the indie short Smile and the upcoming series, Irritable Becca Syndrome, and follow Rebecca on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram because it is totally worth it. And I will use words from Smile, that's just swell.
2: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much jennifer thank you
0: thank you for joining us for this episode of women transcend if you enjoyed the show an easy way to help support us is to tell one friend about us and how to find us Grab their cell phone, hit subscribe, and tell them that they're in store for some great material. Don't forget to subscribe yourself so that new shows will automatically show up in your podcast player each week. You won't have to worry about missing an episode. A big thanks to the amazing Rebecca Blaine Carton for today's interview and to John Philbeck for doing all of the amazing sound artistry so that we sound so good. Follow us on Facebook at Women Transcend. We have great discussions there and we always enjoy hearing from you. That's all for this episode.